Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Coffee Cream and Convo. What's going on? Tommy, I am so excited today. I feel you, I'm excited too. (laughs) Why don't you let everyone else know why we're excited? Today we're going to announce the three families that we selected for our stimulus promotion. This is an awesome thing. We thank everyone for participating and for sending in your stories. Yes, thank you for sharing it with people that you know. I really appreciate it. Definitely. We are looking forward to helping as many people as we can. And I think that it'd be a good idea if we try this again another time. Absolutely. I'm in. All I'm right. In. Awesome. I'm, so, I'm down to help whenever I can. Same here. And uh, we, had, we had a good reaction to this. So mm-hmm. I feel like it'll be easy to help more folks in the future. Absolutely. We are here to help. Like we said in the promotion, uh, we were fortunate enough to be able to be working through this mess. Um, and we just want to help whoever is in need so stay tuned to our episode and we will make the announcement at the end of our show we'll try not to be too boring in between (laughs) this is actually not that bad this is a follow-up to our last episode our last true crime episode true crime yes so we talked about um serial killers we talked about the shared two crime stories Yes, good ones too. Good, yes. good stories. Yes, but I, I want, appreciated them. I wanted to follow up on these people and their families. You know, I always wonder to myself: Were the husbands or the wives aware of what was going on? Yeah, like how do you get that close to someone for that long and not know who they are? Right. I mean, there are people out there, like Philip Garrido, for example. Although he's not a serial killer, um, this is a guy that kidnapped J.C. Duggar. You know that story? Yes. Um, so he was married to this lady named Nancy and she was complicit in the kidnapping. Crazy. Yeah. JC lived with them for 18 years. Wow. And Philip raped her repeatedly and even had two children by her. And clearly Nancy was aware of what was going on and now, see, didn't seem bothered. That's a little too lenient on the wife side. That is some, shh, let me tell you something that, that I, I don't even understand why how what part of your brain as a woman how could you sit back and watch another woman be violated and be like eh, it's all right for real that's crazy like she didn't just help kidnap she helped this guy get away with rape mm-hmm. to the tune of two more kids 18 years and she had two years. children i um i i read jc's book and uh it's 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 heart-wrenching absolutely heart-wrenching i believe it um, I struggled through, through it. A lot of stuff. She did. I struggled through it. I had to stop a couple of times. It just, it was just too much, too much to think of a child being violated in that way. And again, a woman aware of this and just like, nah, fuck it. Just flat out participating. Crazy, crazy. Um, but then you have people like Linda Yates. Ah, uh, yes. Married to Robert Yates. That guy. We mentioned him, or well, I mentioned him briefly in the the last episode. There, he was the uh, known as the Spokane serial killer. Yes. See, Washington again. Here we go. Yeah. This guy, he spent most of his life in the military. Before mm. that, he was a corrections officer at a prison. So really, I mean, yeah, this guy did pretty well on the outside. In that twenty some years that he was in uh, the military, the Army and the National Guard. Um, they actually arrested him while he was still serving. Mm-hmm. He earned 11 medals you know, for his service. <laughs> you know, I didn't mention this last week, but Israel Keys was also in the military. See? Go figure. They teach you how to murder. You mm-hmm. take that out, you know, back to your countrymen Awful. as you're supposed to. So Awful. good on the government for training our serial killers to be so proficient. Awful. 
Um, they got this Robert Lee Yates guy, convicted mm-hmm. him of killing 16 people. 16. Almost 16. Mm. Uh, almost all prostitutes, with the exception of one guy who got in the way. And he killed all of them, including the guy, by shooting them in the head. After partying with them, he'd solicit the prostitutes, uh, have sex with them, do drugs with them, party till the, you know, the fun was over, and then Terrible. whack them out. Terrible. In the meantime, the guy had five kids with his second wife. Second wife. And uh, played the good family man all the way up till his capture. That's crazy. Yeah. And uh, after he was caught, they discovered that he had buried a woman right outside his bedroom window so yes. he could enjoy the trophy. Awful, awful, awful story. And then, uh, also, it should be added <laughs> that uh, while he was on active duty in Germany uh-huh. as part of his stint in the military, he suspected of killing another 26 women. Of course. Of and course. He's international. Terrible. It is terrible, but it's an accomplishment in that world. So, you know, the thing is that with regards to Linda, she said she didn't know anything at all, which I I find it hard. I find that hard to fathom. I I do. Yeah. But, but, you know, I come from a family where you don't ask questions uh, because it invokes violence or retribution of some kind. Mm. So you just you keep your mouth shut and you you see that a lot in uh, crime families. Okay. Okay. You know, you don't ask questions. Well, I ask a lot of questions, so I ain't good for that life. Um, Linda said that she noticed some things that were strange. Like at one point, he started asking about their credit cards. And she found that unusual because that was her job. Like she handled the bills in the household. Okay. Um, So that had started to spark her curiosity. And she started reviewing their statements and found charges for spas and, you know, these sketchy motels. Man. And she assumed that he was cheating on her. I mean, the good assumption. Yeah. Nobody I mean, wants to jump to murder. Well, I would, that wouldn't be the first thing. I, w- I mean, maybe that would be the first thing I think of because, you know, I like that true crime stuff. But that wouldn't be the first thing necessarily <laughs> that I would think of. Um, and so she just thought, yeah, maybe he's like, you know, messing around with some other woman or whatever. Hmm. Um, Treating these skeezers to a nice day out. At a, at a skeevy hotel? Mm-hmm. Ugh. They're skeezers. They don't know any better. You know, you go for four hours, boom, 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 in and out, whatever. Yeah, whatever. I mean, that's what he wanted to do. That's his business. But, you know, she thought that that was all it was. But then the thing is that what I found weird, which I would have questioned it a little bit more, but whatever. She finds blood in the back seat of their family van. Ooh. Family van. I just want to mention the van yes. thing. The rape van. Mm, I'm, I'm real, real funny about that. Anyway, she finds the blood in the back of the van and he explained it away and was like, oh, the dog bled out in the car. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty simple. Uh, I would think it would be weird. I don't know. Would you, would you really question? Like if I had said, is, is Jasper's blood in the seat? I, I would have, You'd want to at least take my, my word for it. Yeah, but I'd want to know what happened. Like why, why is dog bleeding? Yeah, I'm sure you could have made something up. Mm. Without the sketchy spa and hotel charges, I, I don't think you'd ask very many questions about that at all. I, I, you don't think I'd ask questions about the motel? No, I said without that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd ask questions about I that. I don't think we would have got to the bloody dog foot thing or whatever it, once you found out about the motels and the spas. Uh, nope, we'd be done. I mean, that's why I had the credit card bill. <laughs> <laughs> we'd be done at that point. That, that's it. It's over. Um, but yeah, she didn't. She she didn't think anything. She thought it was all it was all good till uh, she found out. Nobody wants to believe they're in that spot. I want I want to go back to something. Was Robert Yates the guy that uh, it was men that he was with, or it was women? It was women. Okay. I might be confusing him with somebody else that I can't think of the name off the top of my head. But there was some guy 
that was picking up male prostitutes, taking them back to the home, his house, and killing mm-hmm. them. I, within the, you know, <laughs> they talked about how he had um, mannequins around the pool. That was oh Gates. yeah no I don't think that was that guy oh okay some other weirdo yet another great crime junkie episode mm-hmm. I can't think of who that was though I wish I could remember yeah we're gonna have to now uh, I'm gonna go back you know how it goes we'll let you know when we rediscover <laughs> <laughs> so another one um the wife of the Green River serial killer ooh Gary, Gary Ridgeway. Ridgeway yes yeah he's a a big one pause like he he got a lot of national attention and all that did he he did he uh confessed or was accused of mm-hmm. 71 murders mm-hmm. convicted of 49 mm-hmm. he's labeled the second most prolific serial killer in american history this guy hmm. uh this guy went on forever just killing people that's that's terrible so, you know you said he's the second most prolific who's the first do you know I don't. I don't actually know. I had read it somewhere, but I don't remember. No, uh, I. It's not one that gets talked about. I, it's not. Um, I had to. I, 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 you know, I was doing my research for this thing, and everybody talks about Ted Bundy. Yeah. He's yep. very, very popular. Talk about Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy is the most famous. I think he has been labeled the most prolific. Um, in some places, he murdered thirty people. Who I found to be the most prolific serial killer was Samuel Little. That's it, Samuel Little. Have you heard a lot about him? I've not heard a lot about him, and I, I think there's a reason for that. There's a reason, all right. Samuel Little killed 93, I'm going to repeat, 93 That's a nine and women, a three. Mostly black women. That's why we don't and hear about him. I feel like that's the reason why. When it comes to women of color, I'm not just saying black women, I'm saying women of color, period. Those cases are not spoken about um, as commonly or in mainstream media like they should. Yeah, not nearly enough. No, not uh, at all. I want to add the caveat here that uh, we keep mentioning Crime Junkie in these episodes. Yes. Um, the wonderful women over at Crime Junkie really go out of their way to make light of these cases that everyone else tries to ignore. Yes. Um, they did a lot of episodes about women of color. They did episodes about transgender. They did episodes about indigenous women. Um, and that's something that Tommy and I will be talking about in the future. Absolutely. Um, I want to bring some light to that as well. I think it's very important that uh, these women of color are discussed. We it, we need to talk about that. That's so important. We need to. We definitely need to talk about that. And I do feel like that's part of the reason why you don't hear about Samuel Little as much as you should, because it wasn't white women. It was women of color, and that's unfortunate. It is. It's. It's sad, really. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. So back to Gary Ridgway. So his wife, Judith Mawson, she said she met him at a bar. They dated for two years before they got married, and she said they lived a normal life. Sounds pretty normal so far. Yeah. Meet in a bar, date for two years. Mm-hmm. Really like, get to know the person. Right. So it's not like she <laughs> dated him for a month or right. whatever. They dated for two years. And... Same situation. She said she never noticed anything that would make her question him. That's so nuts to me. Yeah, nothing. Nothing at all. She said the only thing is that every once in a while he'd come home late from work and he'd just be like, oh, it's just a work-related thing. You know, what classic stuff anybody would say. And that was it. She said the only thing that she found that was weird 
was the first time that she went to his house. So I assume this was like, you know, when they were dating. I would imagine. Yeah. And uh, she gets there and she's like, oh, there's no carpet on the floor. And the mattress and the box spring are on the floor. Which, All right. Well, I mean, that's kind of classic okay. single guy stuff. Yeah. I didn't really. I, I mean, you, you wouldn't really think much of it. Like not having carpeting. Yeah, like we yeah. don't have carpeting. We have hardwood floors. So that's not weird. Um, mattress on the floor. I've been in a stage in my life where I've had my mattress on the floor. Not yeah. a big deal. I think everybody has. Man, when I was a, a younger man, I used to sleep on the floor on purpose. And like without the mattress and box brand, yeah, I just had a little mat. That. Like, I mean, you told me that. If this broad was uh, questioning whether he had a mattress and box spring on the floor, she would have went running from my place <laughs> screaming. <laughs> right. So to me, that's not weird. And I can see how she would shrug that off. Yeah. And e- even still. You know, she he told her that the reason why there was no carpeting was because he had tenants and they had destroyed the carpeting, which makes okay. sense. I mean, yeah, that's a pretty good one. Right. And with regards to the bed, he said the his ex-girlfriend had taken the, the bed frame. Oh, that's so perfect. Which, no, nobody wants to get involved in ex, ex drama. You right. Know what I mean, right. So to me, that makes sense. If I heard that, I'd be like, all right, you know, whatever. No carpeting, bed on the floor no big deal it sounds like he thought this out a little bit well clearly he did because later down the line it came out that he had removed the carpeting because it had his victim's blood stains on it uh, of course it did right i don't know if he ever gave an explanation for the bed frame right but that was the situation of his carpeting like the you mean the actual explanation yeah like so we know that um, the carpeting was removed because of blood stains. Yeah. I don't know what happened to the, what was the, the issue was with the bed frame. Maybe that was the truth. Maybe he just had a jag off girlfriend and took it from him. <laughs> maybe. I, I or don't maybe know. he was the jag off and that's why she took it. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. But, you know, in the situation here, she did not have any idea of what he was doing. There was no signs according to her. Part of me feels like she missed some red flags. Yeah, I would say there's probably a few that popped up, but who knows? I mean, if the guy's been doing it a while before they met, I mean, maybe he was already used to hiding it and, you know, living that double life. So you're telling me she didn't notice any changes in his behavior? Like Some nothing? Some are just that bent. You know, they're they're truly psychotic, a psychopath and a sociopath. They're, they're different things, but uh, they have a lot of similarities. And one of those similarities is the ability to fit in with people and fool them. Okay, so is that psychopathy or sociopathy? Which one is that? It's both. It's both. It can be both. It's mostly attributed to sociopathy. Okay. But a psychopath has breaks in personality patterns. So they can be one person today and, you know, matter of fact, they could be two people today just to different people. A psychopath. Yeah. Or, or now see, that's why I say there's so yes. many things in common. It could be either way. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, the difference is... is uh, when they get to their patterns of violence because you could be a psychopath without hurting anyone you could be a sociopath without playing anyone but um, usually when it comes out they make their distinction with uh, how they murder okay okay well either way that's was it that was his thing he sounds pretty nuts uh, yeah <laughs> to be able to do that you got to be at least a little bit nuts in order to live that extreme set of double lives. Yeah. Uh, it's not like he just had a, a long time girlfriend or two wives or something that, and you know, they didn't know each other at all. Didn't mm-hmm. know about each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause you hear that a lot. Yeah. People yeah. have more than one family. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this guy 
didn't have more than one family. He just had a bunch of murder victims. Right. And uh, and one family. And wife never knew. Crazy. And neither did uh, Linda. Linda Yates. She had no idea. But I wonder, did they not know or were they saying they didn't know? That, that that's another thing. You know, there's a lot of cases that make you think. Right. Absolutely. Like that exact thought, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got uh, the Iceman. Any, oh. uh, anybody in a true crime or mafia history, uh, you'll have heard of Richard Kuklinski. I did not know about him until you. This guy, his his autobiography was the first book that really struck me in a way where I found that after a couple hours of reading, I would have to put it down. Okay. Because it, it pulls you into that and pulls you into that way of thinking and you just... You go off on this dark tangent in your mind, and you—I mean—you got to let it go. You got to put it down, or you're not gonna be able to sleep at night. I did not read the book. Um, I watched the interview with him. Yeah, there's a series of interviews. Yeah, and um, he's—he's he's a character. The way he tells his story, the way he—he's very nonchalant with it. Like it's he just is. a he's regular got... day, and he—you know—well, I, I killed this guy. There's and zero I, emotion about it. None. If anything, he enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, classic uh, psychopath yeah. trait just compartmentalize everything yes and at the same time he's got the sociopathy behind it where he was a, a family man he mm-hmm. would have the entire neighborhood over a nice neighborhood in new jersey mm-hmm. uh, i mean they lived like they had money they'd have the whole neighborhood over for a barbecue he was the 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 prototype family man and neighborhood pal right and in the meantime he killed uh they estimate close to 300 people or more wow yeah, so uh, he was a he was a hitman. He was part-time okay. hitman and also serial killer. He okay. had he had two name tags. Okay, so uh, did he have like a type of people that he, he went did after? not. Uh. Um, when he first started, um, we're not talking about his first murder. His first murder was when he was thirteen. He killed the neighborhood bully that used to pick on him all the time and beat him up. Ooh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, but he moved on from there, and he decided he liked killing. He grew up in a very violent, uh home setting mm-hmm. uh he watched his father beat his brother to death and had to lie to the police about how it happened wait he did what wh- yeah the how guy, old was uh, he when that happened uh younger than 13 he was uh, i forget he was seven eight years old i believe wow uh and his father you know used to full fisted man punch these kids in the head wow and awful. he hit his brother so hard that the kid died oh my goodness uh yeah he went out and never woke back up so they told the police and forced Richard to tell the police that the kid ran head on into the table and bumped his head and died. Wow. Okay. Now, that's okay. A, a real long time ago when questions didn't really come out. Right. It's different and, now. You know, they were Polish immigrants and, okay. you know, Hoboken, New Jersey up there where Frank Sinatra grew up, mm. you know, just uh, a couple blocks away. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the poor have no, no refuge. Okay. So, so. Yeah. He grew up. And he, he killed that kid when he was when he himself was a kid, mm-hmm. and he decided that was something he wanted to do. He didn't want to get picked on anymore. He didn't want to get bullied. Now mm-hmm. he's going to be the bully, and he decided to do that by killing anybody who uh, yelled at him, spited him, tried to be violent with him, anyone who reminded him of his father. Wow. He would kill. He killed in uh, or over bar games, playing pool, playing darts, hustling people. Uh, he killed people for making snide comments at huh. him. Huh. Yeah. So um, how was he? Why why was he called Iceman? What what was that? Where'd that come from? He got that uh, because he would freeze the bodies. Uh-huh. Uh, one in particular, he froze. He kept it in a, a deep freezer for a couple of years. Oh. Then he finally dumped it in the woods alongside a road, and Ooh. a jogger found it. Oh. 
So when the police come, they pick up the body, they get it to the coroner, the coroner cuts it open, and there's still ice crystals on all the organs. Crazy. Uh, this guy obviously had died years before, wow. but it looked fresh, so they dubbed him the Iceman. Wow. Okay. To hone his skills, he would go from North Jersey over the bridge into Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And this is back in the day. So homeless people, homosexual people, they weren't acknowledged, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you walk down the street, you see a homeless guy, you turn your head, you ignore right. him. Back then, they did the same thing to homosexuals. So Kuklinski would go up there in these, you know, dregs of society neighborhoods and just randomly pick out homeless people or homosexuals to murder. And wow. he would try different ways to do it. If he got a new knife, if he, you know, discovered a new kind of weapon, he would take it up there and he would just murder somebody for the hell of it. For practice. Yeah, because he knew no one's going to look for these people. And if they do, or if they find them, no one's going to care. The cops aren't going to do anything about it. Hmm. Crazy. For real. So he's got all this going on in his life. Right. And he decides it's time to get a legit job. He's working at a place, a factory, and he meets a woman. Uh, her name's Barbara. Mm-hmm. Uh, she ends up being Barbara Kuklinski. Uh, she was 18 when she met him. Okay. Uh, by her own account, she was a spoiled brat her entire life up to this point. Lived with her mother and her grandmother, who absolutely adored her. Okay. Uh, Richard was 26, eight years her senior. Mm-hmm. Uh, they met. They started talking. Uh, he convinced her to go out on a date, and he would show up at this place Every single day to pick her up from work with a bouquet of flowers and a gift. Well, that's thoughtful. Yeah, even though she wasn't necessarily really into him. Right. It was just one of those, uh, well, he's a nice guy. I'll, I'll, you know, go out on a date with him. Okay. So, I can see how, you know, based on the interview, I can see how he might be, be able to be charming. I mean, he wasn't charming in the interview, but I can see how he no, might be able to, to, to fake it. Again, sociopathy comes right. out and you learn to play people right. in different situations. Right. So, um... By the time she's 20, they're married. They're on the way to having three kids together. Wow. And she admits she remained absolutely spoiled with material things for the entire duration of their marriage. She never wanted for anything. The kids never wanted for anything. Okay, so he helped maintain that lifestyle that she was used to. Yeah, she definitely. She got the stuff that she wanted all the time. He spoiled her. And that's what she wanted. She wanted to be spoiled. I get it. Yes. Okay. Uh, the trade-off for that, though, was probably not worth it i mean mm. in the end she didn't think so yeah uh because richard forced her into marriage oh. uh, while they were dating you know i had mentioned that she wasn't necessarily into him right so right. she mentioned to him that she might want to you know start dating other people see what else is out there which should be okay it really should be except it wasn't to him so he literally stabbed her in the back <laughs> stop it in the car stop he it. stabbed her <laughs> What? And said, no, you're mine. And if you try to leave, I'll kill your whole family. Oh, see, that's that, that right having there. just been stabbed. She kind of, you know, took him for his word. Red flags. Red yeah, flags. That is a big red. If your man ever stabs you, ladies, he's not the one for no. you. No. Oh, my gosh. That's so she's so she's like, you know, I'm not into this. I want to see start seeing other people. Yeah. This, oh, and I should mention her. this woman was a virgin when she met Richard Kuklinski. She was that. A Catholic girl whose mom hovered over her and Mm -hmm. her grandmother hovered over her. And she wasn't trying to give that up to nobody. I I respect Uh, that. He talked her into giving it up. Prior to marriage? Prior to marriage. Prior to being stabbed. Oh, (laughs) pre-stabbing. Yeah, he talked her into it pre-stabbing. So his sociopathy was on point. I'm stuck on this stabbing thing, though. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. So he stabs her and they still get married because out of fear. There there was some in between. Like, she tried to get away from him. Mm -hmm. She ran to her dad's place in Florida. Uh, But he found her. He, he came and he f- got see, her. Yep, no. And the abuse continued. See, uh, he would rape her 
if she didn't want to have sex with him, which she said she often didn't, and he always did. I can uh, see because why. Because they were she married, didn't. she was his. So oh, he would rape her. He God. would take it if he couldn't get it. Um, that is not okay, ladies. That is not, not okay. If, if your man stabs you and rapes you, probably not the no, one. Again. People, people say that there's no such thing as no when it comes to marriage. That is not true. It's not. If you uh, don't my want to. My father didn't see it that way. Really? That's terrible. <laughs> you don't want to you don't have to nobody can can tell you you have to whether you're married or not it's yours you choose whether or not you want to give it i'm sorry i'm done i'm off my soapbox continue i mean that's what they have that paper for which which paper is this the marriage license that's what my father used to say like when the police would come to the door because he was beating on my mother or whatever you see that that piece of paper gives me to write no it does not my property no it does not no sir no not anymore now they have like walls and stuff i don't know Anyway, I'm not, not going to rant again. I said what I said. It's not okay. No means no. It doesn't matter if it's your husband, your boyfriend, man on the street. If you say no, that's it. Unless you've already started, then you can't say no. That's bullshit. You can say no then. You can say no at any point in time. Whenever you want to, it's yours. I always get a kick out of it when they try that in, in court. What? Which you know, one? To justify raping because, you know, well, we started and then she said no. Yeah. You can't say no now. Yes, I got a heart on. I, guess, huh. Lose that fucking I mean, dick. you can say no, but I mean, really, you should say no a long time before that because this guy's going to rape you. Uh, well, I mean, it doesn't matter. Again, it doesn't matter when. If you say no, stop. That's it. That means stop. I'm not saying it's, it's right. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's, you know, I hear you. you're more likely to get raped if you let this guy think he's going to get it and then he doesn't. Uh-uh. You know, scumbags. Anyhow. Don't waste your time with scumbags, ladies. For real. Um, if you are a scumbag, tune in and come to think of it. Check yeah. out our pro tips. Go over there. Don't come over here. Uh, we don't give rape pro tips, though. No. Sorry. E- ever. I-, I can partially condone being a scumbag, but not rape. No. Wrong is wrong. Moving forward. <laughs> I'll be the judge of that. I'm going all the way back to when Barbara was born here. Oh, <laughs> starting over i am because right. i'm tired of you telling me what to do oh god i didn't get into this marriage for that i have that piece of paper so i can hold it over you sir all right so there's no paper <laughs> <laughs> there will be oh there will be <laughs> all right so the three kids and stuff yeah sounds like a kind of normal family mm. but uh this guy beat two kids out of her while she was pregnant before she had the first kid when you say beat out of her you i mean, mean beat her so bad she lost the baby oh, twice and he would he would beat her over what you and i would see as nothing right um the first time was when she was in florida with her dad hiding and he shows up there forces his way kind of into the family um her mother of all people told him where to find her because she had no idea what kind of person he was wow um and he found her pregnant smoking on the back porch and decided to beat her so bad she lost the baby. First of all, uh, including smoking while you're stomping on her foot ooh, ooh. so bad it broke in multiple places, mm. broke her nose. Mm. And then he made her sit on the back porch. And even though it's Florida, mm-hmm. it was pretty chilly, apparently. He made her sit there all night long. Mm. Uh, and as yeah, back punishment. then, as punishment for having caught her smoking. Your husband Back then, you smoked you. when you were pregnant. You smoked when you did everything. Well, we saw a lady smoking yesterday while she was pregnant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, she might have just been really fat, but... Nah, she looked I mean, pregnant to me. When I looked, she looked fat. When you looked, she looked pregnant. Either way, probably shouldn't just be sitting out in public smoking like that. Whatever. You're gonna get ridiculed. <laughs> um, so, yeah. He, I mean, he beat the crap out of her before for not cutting the crust off his PBJ. Stop for it. not slicing the sandwich You're properly. For making man. snide remarks. Well, you know, sometimes you got to realize the situation you're in and keep your mouth shut. 
No. She stayed there? Yes. You would have <laughs> you would have been murdered. I'll tell you now, you would have been murdered. Yeah. He would have killed you. Yeah, I'm sure. Um that would not have been good because he probably would have killed your kids too. Yeah. Because well. she spent her time spoiling the kids, A, and B, protecting them from him. Because uh, they had two daughters and a son. Okay. The son was the youngest. Okay. And he admitted uh, in his book, and uh, she knew all along that if he was left alone with that boy, he'd have killed him. Only because uh, he didn't want another man vying for the attention of his wife, even if it was his own seed. So wait a second. Let, let me let me get this straight. So he has three children by her. Yep. Two girls and a boy. Yep. Does he beat the? He, does he beat all of the children? No, he doesn't touch any of the children because Barbara made it very clear early on after she had the first baby that if he ever puts his hands on those kids, she'll kill him in his sleep. So she he only beat Barbara. Only beat it. her, and okay. she made sure that if ever it looked like he was going to beat the boy or like he was going in on one of the girls, she would get in between and take the beating. Wow. And uh. She said she knew he did illegal things. Okay. But she thought it was just limited to like, you know, running numbers or he worked at a, a film studio in Manhattan where okay. they produced films for Disney mm -hmm. to be distributed to movie theaters. Mm -hmm. So he would stay late. He'd stay all night sometimes and make bootleg copies and sell bootleg copies to theaters at a profit. Okay. And that was like the kind of thing she figured he did. And all right. Because, you know, he would not bring anybody back. He, he was just a serial killer before he got involved with the mob. But uh, once the Italians got involved... Uh, he still brought no one by. She never met anyone that uh, was involved in his criminal life. Huh. Okay. Um, while they were married, he killed an estimated more than 200 people. Jesus. While they were married. Oh, my goodness. Uh, just flat-out murders because of whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, one was just because he got a crossbow and didn't believe it would kill a person. So mm. he went driving around, to found a jogger. Uh, called the guy over like he was asking for directions and when he stuck his head in the car shot him in the face with a crossbow made a note that the crossbow did in fact kill the man oh my gosh so 200 people yeah. either through being a hitman or just flat out just, serial killing right okay okay and uh barbara wanted only to be free from richard up to the day he was arrested and that's when she found out who he really was while she had a cop's foot on her back because she was in the car when he got pulled over uh, at the end of the sting, they it ended up being a big statewide sting. Okay. Uh, before they got this guy. Uh huh. And I mean, obviously, he was really good at what he did, so it was very involved. They didn't want to believe she had no knowledge of what was going on, so she was being arrested right along with him. So they thought that she was part of it in some way. She thought that, or they thought that she at least knew about it. Okay. Which I right, which, which and, is what and, I would when, assume. When you're taking out a guy that you've been chasing around for a decade or more, mm -hmm. and you believe he's committed at, at this time he hadn't started confessing to things so they believed he killed six maybe 12 people <laughs> mm. yeah uh i believe he was only convicted of six murders or four murders because mm -hmm. uh, that's all they could prove until he started confessing okay uh much later on so how do you know how many years they were married um it was a long time uh i don't know exactly how okay. many but it was like 20 years 20 plus wow. years wow wow that's a long time yeah uh after the hearing, uh, when she sat in on the hearing and heard him confess to the murders that he was convicted of. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time, like, she actually believed it. Like, when they made the accusation, accusation, she's going, ah, well, it's just because he's associated with some people. It's mm -hmm. not, it can't be my husband. Like, this guy's a scumbag and he beats the piss out of me, but he would never kill somebody. Hmm. Okay. Well, 
She learned that day that he did. Wow. And her kids learned that day as well because they were in the courtroom with her. That's When awful. he started confessing to all these gruesome details. That's and awful. I mean, they caught him on tape. They had an undercover detective who got him talking about killing people with cyanide and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy, you, if you can think of something you can use to kill somebody, he used he it. He used it. Mm. Uh, that was one of his goals in life. Like, he enjoyed finding new ways to kill people. So did and, he uh, get uh, life in prison? He did. He oh. got uh, multiple life sentences. Wow. Good. And um, he was prepared to uh, testify against a mob guy in order to get out because he had some pretty serious health issues. Mm-hmm. And uh, the court granted him uh, a stay. Like they said, uh, if he testifies against Sammy the Bull Gravano uh, over a cop that he had murdered from New York for Sammy the Bull and John Gotti, uh-huh. that they would let him out to die with his, his loved ones. Okay. Uh, Sammy the Bulls people got to him though before that. Oh, they and took him out. He died in Trenton State Prison. Yes, he did. Do they know? Were they aware that it was a hit, or did they think he just no, died of natural no, causes? No, because they got him the same way he would get other people, which is what got him caught in the end, looking for cyanide oh, from this undercover. Wow. Uh, when you're poisoned with this uh, mixture of cyanide and other things, uh, it leaves zero trace. You oh, can't. Okay. You can't even find it if you look for it. Okay. Okay. So I, I <laughs> the one thing that I remember about her. Barbara, that is, mm-hmm. was that when he was in the hospital, this this is the only thing that stuck out to me about Barbara. Like I said, I watched the documentary. Yeah. I read a couple of things. Um, I know the things that you told me about him. But this one thing that I found about her and how I knew that she could not stand this man was that when he was dying and he was in the hospital, she signed a do not resuscitate. Absolutely. She wanted that MFR dead. Him gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, she got divorced from him shortly after the hearing. Uh, he didn't blame her for it. He wasn't upset with her about it. Okay. In fact, he went on to say the only thing he ever regretted about, well, there was two things he regretted Okay. about his life of murder and crime. The thing he regretted most was how he hurt his family. You can see him in these interviews uh, start breaking down into tears. Yeah, about his kids. About hurting his wife and kids mm-hmm. with uh, what he did. Not, not the way he beat her, mm. but the things that he did and the bad light that was shed on them over it. And the other thing uh, that he regretted was not having killed his only friend, who was the guy who set him up with the detective that hmm. caught him. See, I think that's weird that, that he wasn't upset about her getting uh, trying to divorce him when in the beginning he stabbed her so she would stay, you know, you got to be here. That's yeah. weird to me. Well, he knew it was over at that point. You I know, guess. like, I'm, I'm going to spend the rest of my life in prison. I was kind of a jerk to her, so. Okay, I guess, I guess. I can kind of see it, but I think that's Even part of the path you speak. sometimes. Yeah, yeah. True. Because that was his possession. His possession is better off without him, so he'll let it go. Now, now that he believes it's better off without him. I say it's because he really did look at her and his kids as possessions. After 20 years of beating her up, like, that's crazy. crazy. Afterward, Mm -hmm. Barbara ended up moving to an undisclosed part of New Jersey where Mm -hmm. she had lived her whole life, basically. Okay. Uh, She moved in with her one daughter and her daughter's kids. Mm -hmm. She lived a very simple life, unspoiled, uh, surrounded by nature and... Uh, somebody of water she liked looking out over mm-hmm. uh, and she said even though she wasn't spoiled anymore uh, and she had gone through all that she's she'd never been happier as she had been uh, since she had left Richard and he died wow. uh, she died in 2006 actually Wow. and she insisted that she hated Richard until the day she died I'm sure she did and that she never one time told that man that she loved him a single time in her life. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> she never told him that she loved him and she never gave him the impression. She refused 
on on Whoa. you know just principle like i'll let you do all these things to me uh as long as you don't hurt my kids but i will not Whoa. lie and you know dip myself below my own bar to tell you that i love you i i, I mean i i get it like the man forced her to be married yeah. raped her beat her all the time that, that's a terrible life that's I, how you can't love somebody like that no i, I wondered I just, how my mother did it for so long i do too every time we talk we talk about her that blows my mind um but i i, I wonder if she had opportunities to get away or was she just that fearful it's a it's a massive amount of fear now you got to think this guy she left him in new jersey mm-hmm. and she was gone for months and then all of a sudden he found her he finds her in florida yeah yeah jersey to florida found her that's crazy got her and now she witnessed him do some crazy things too because this guy was notorious for road rage fits mm-hmm. okay where uh one time it's him the wife the kids they're in the car somebody cuts him off in traffic mm-hmm. so he pulls up next to the car and he goes over and he smashes the windshield with his Ooh, bare hands shit there was another case where he ripped the car door off the hinges wow. and left it laying in the street and just got back in the car with his wife and kids and pulled away mm-hmm. i mean She's seen some shit, man. I'm sure. It sounds like it. That's crazy. That's crazy. <sighs> there's a, there's another woman that I'd like to talk about here. This another wife. Of a hitman or a serial killer? Um, I don't know that you would consider him a serial killer, okay. but I do believe that one of the charges they levied against him was a serial killing type charge. All right, I'm ready. Uh, again, if you're into the mafia, you know exactly who Anthony Gaspipe Casso is. Uh, this guy was a top dog. Uh... In, in the five families in New York. I mean, he was... It, when you think about guys like John Gotti, mm-hmm. John Gotti was afraid of Anthony Casso. Okay, all right. Uh, Anthony Casso makes John Gotti look like a peon in that system of things. This guy started as a kid, and he just... He did everything right all the way up. When he was uh, brought in, uh, inducted as a made man into the families, mm-hmm. uh, families actually fought over who was going to get him. Really? Because he was such a prospect. Why? What, what, what was it about him? Uh, he was an earner. No matter what he did, he found a way to make money out mm. of it. And if you got in the way, you were gone. Oh. I mean, in the way a little bit, he'd kill you. Really? It was easier to kill you than to negotiate with you. Wow. But that doesn't mean he didn't negotiate. He was known to be a fair negotiator. If it was right, mm-hmm. he would do it. Okay. Uh, but he lived by that code every single day. Wow. And made no qualms about killing, you know, dozens and dozens of people. Hmm. Both by his own hand and by ordered hits. Gotcha. All right. Um, so Anthony Casso ends up married to a woman named Lillian, uh, okay. obviously. Uh, that Casso. made her Lillian Casso. Right. Uh, she was born in 1942. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of an older mob guy. Okay. Uh, she lived in a mob neighborhood along with Anthony Casso as they grew up. They grew up uh, in the same neighborhood? They did. They grew up in the same neighborhood around the same mob guys. Okay. So she was already in that life. Or she yeah, knew she about wasn't really life. in the life, but she was used to it. Like it was everywhere around her. Right. Her parents weren't involved. Her father wasn't a guy. Okay. Nothing like that. But mm-hmm. you know, you live in the neighborhood, you see what goes on. You know about it. Gotcha. And she's seen what kind of guy he was, that he was falling in with that crowd, that he started getting some power. And at first she was very resistant. She didn't want to get with him at all. Okay. Uh, a, because he seemed like a womanizer. All the women wanted a piece of this guy. Ugh. And also because, you know, he's a, he's about to be a fucking mob guy. Like, right. she's seen him taking that, right, right. that I get path, it. you know. Mm-hmm. But in 1968, she ends up getting married to him at the age of 25. He wore her down. Uh, uh, I believe she, uh, he was uh, two years older than her. Okay. Thereabouts. Okay. So he, he, and, he talked her into it or, or, or finessed her um, into it. He, or? he kind of finessed her. He wooed her into it. Wooed she fell into in it. love with him. He okay. got her to 
fall in love by being the man of her dreams. Okay, so contra- opposite to uh, Kuklinski and Barbara. I was Barbara. just going to get to that. Yeah. Completely the opposite okay. of Barb and Rich. Okay. Uh, she played the role of the mob wife to a T. Okay. Uh, ignoring his side chicks, asking oh, no, no questions. <laughs> uh, again, you'd have been dead. Yep. Uh, uh, and she hung out with the other mob wives, the other mob families. They okay. had barbecues with these people. And in return, other than his infidelity, uh-huh. Anthony treated her like a queen. He spoiled her and uh, their two kids. Like he was, you know, he had, he only had eyes for them at all times, even though he wasn't around a lot and he did all this mob yep. stuff. He never laid a hand on the kids. Okay. Uh, tried to keep them out of the life. Never laid a hand on the wife. Um, he did cheat on her, but anybody Clearly. who knows the mafia knows that there's a rule where you don't rub it in the wife's face. If you're going to do this out in public then, you know, you're you're being shameful to the family, not just to your wife. By disrespecting your wife, you're disrespecting the family. And uh, y'all can look into Paulie Castellano to hear a little more about that. Uh, uh, the, the families were ready to kill him before John Gotti got a hold of him, who I should mention, uh, Paul Castellano, uh, in on that hit was Richard Kuklinski working for John Gotti and Sammy the Bull again. Was that the Castellano guy? That was the book you were reading recently? No. Oh. Uh, Paulie Castellano was whacked uh, famously in front of Sparks Steakhouse there in Manhattan. Can we talk about Sparks real quick? We can. Oh my goodness, This is where we were engaged. Yes, yes. And that was great. Tons of pictures from that place. And the food. Food (laughs) is phenomenal. The best steak I've ever had in my entire life. Yes, And I'm a beef eater. Oh man, I can't wait to go back there. That was great. That was a good night. We will, we will. Hopefully nobody will get shot out there. Uh, on that day, anyway. Please, but uh, but but so so it's a backtrack. So I understand correctly. It was okay for him to have side pieces. It's okay to have a side piece. You have to have a gumar. Okay. Um, if you don't, the guys who work with you look at you like you think you're better than them. Okay. And even that could get you killed. Okay. Uh, some guys will have a reputation if if you read, uh, the mafia history for not cheating, and mm-hmm. they always have like a. A flock of dudes who's like, you know, who the fuck does this guy think he is not fucking somebody besides his wife? Okay. So he can have a side chick. His wife is or is not aware of this. It's okay for the wife she to know? She can be aware of it uh-huh. as long as he doesn't put it in her face. He can't tell her about it. It can't get around the neighborhood and get okay. back to her. Like, you know, as a wife, you, you kind of know when your significant other is cheating mm-hmm. or you have an idea. Mm-hmm. So as long as she doesn't bring it up, he doesn't beat the piss out of her. And as long as he doesn't bring it up, she doesn't leave. So everything is still there. He's still providing. You just, you play the game. Discreetly. You're you're both faking. Discreetly. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. As long as it stays discreet. Because you'll see, uh, Uncle Paulie there got Mm -hmm. involved with his uh, Hispanic housemaid. Hmm. And uh, the FBI had tapped his house. Yeah. And caught him on audio having sex and playing little sex games with the the housekeeper while his wife was in the house. Oh. She knew about it. The and wife? When, yes. And when uh, the other wise guys were approached by the police who yeah. played those tapes, oh, God. they decided privately after that meeting with the police that it was time for Paul to go. Wow. Because you cannot disrespect the family through disrespecting your wife like that. But it's still disrespect because he's creeping. That That's confusing to my brain. It's disrespect, but it's a different kind of life. It's not what, yeah. you know, everybody's not built for that. I some am folks are. not about that life at all. Nope. So... She lived a pretty good life, okay. aside from being cheated on, and she could live with that. Mm-hmm. She knew before they got married that that's the kind of guy he was, and in his defense, he did take some time off uh, before he fell back into that, because um, I guess scumbaggery is 
<laughs> kind of like an addiction. I don't. I love that know. word. It's gonna be angry. <laughs> <laughs> so Lillian did so well. She ended up owning her own high-end lingerie shop in uh, Brooklyn. I should probably call it a boutique. It's not really a shop. It's very high-end. Okay. And uh, they mentioned that back in these times, and we're talking like the '70s, early '80s, mm-hmm. maybe. Okay. She's getting three to six hundred dollars for a bra and panty set. Whoa. Yes. And she made a good living. Like it was a top of the line boutique. It was called Lillian's. Some of y'all may remember if you're old enough. Uh, I am not. Not there anymore. No. <laughs> uh, very good life until Anthony was arrested. Uh, he was arrested on the lam. He had been running from the police who, mm-hmm. you know, caught on to him now. Thought they had enough to stick him one. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was willing to go along with all that. He wasn't around for months on the run. He'd meet with her here or there in secret. And it was this whole big sham of a thing to kind of meet uh in you know into great discretion okay uh but when he was caught and this is the thing he was caught with one of his side chicks Mm. who had known his wife all their lives Mm. this is a woman who he dated before he dated his wife Mm. and had been stooping on and off the entire time they were together and she didn't know that (laughs) wait I said stooping. Oh, God. Stooping. Okay, go ahead. So that embarrassment was unbearable for her. Um, I I can see why. All the mob wives were looking at her, talking about her behind her back. You know, the other guys, they were looking at her, you know, with that, uh, that's the the wife of old uh, gas pipe there. Um, Even though they were creeping too. Oh, yeah. And the wives had the audacity to look down on her. He made the mistake of letting it become public. Gotcha. So even though their husbands were dicking down other homies. Mm -hmm. um, Other other, other homies? (laughs) Yeah, the wives' homies, not their Uh, homies. Oh, that's why I was like. Uh, That's that's a killable offense in La Cosa Nostra. Okay. You dick down a homie, you're out. I'm sure. (laughs) Both of you are out. Um, But what made it worse is that Anthony Casso turned rat. Oh, okay. She she refused to speak to him over the the relationship part, but then when she found out he was a rat, she wouldn't answer his letters or anything. Wait, and that <laughs> that allowed her to actually keep hanging around with these same people. Like they didn't put her out; they put him out for being a rat. Right. But they didn't put her out. So 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 I understand because again, I'm not about that life. So it was more disrespectful to rat than to cheat on your wife Absolutely. she felt that was more disrespectful ratting on your friends is the number one sin on the cosa nostra worse than uh effing somebody else there's an omerta for keeping your mouth shut there's mm. a code of silence that you take a vow for on your life right but uh your vow in front of god for your wife yeah. means nothing yeah i'm not here for that anyway. next to nothing nope not about that life at all well thank goodness for that yeah exactly um, so yeah, she's still running around with the mafia wives, mm-hmm. the, you know, the whole gang. They're just kind of living the normal life, talking crap behind her back about how her scumbag rat husband cheated on her. Um, but she ran her lingerie shop and, you know, took care of the kids. Like she had money. She had his money. She had her own money. Um, one day it comes to be that she says, I'm going to go talk to this guy. I'm going to tell him how I feel and I'm going to tell him why I won't talk to him because Anthony Castle was beating himself up. Every day in prison, uh, not just because the government's screwing him over on his perfect rat testimony, right? Uh, but because it's time to get some some closure. Uh, he he wants his wife so bad to pay attention to him, and she feels like she needs that closure to let him go. Okay. So she shows up. They talk a little bit, and she thinks, "All right, I'm keeping in touch with him for the kids, 
and that'll be that. Like my, I'll stay married for you know how it looks, mm-hmm. and basically it's over. But it's just gonna look good, just like our marriage was to him. A facade. A facade. Mm-hmm. And then one day, a man who was very close to some of the people that Gaspipe was ratting on walks into Lillian's boutique. Who is that? Um, I don't remember his name off the top of my head. Okay. But he was a murderer. He was another one of those guys in the mafia that all he does is kill people. Okay. That was his purpose. Gotcha. He was known for killing women, children. Mm. Didn't matter. If you got in the way, you were done. Mm. And he walked in. She recognized him right away mm-hmm. as someone who was in his, or, or rather in her husband's circles. Right. And this guy demanded money. He says, I know your rat husband has money. I know you're spending it and I want it. Oh. And he tells her, I'm going to come back here tomorrow mm-hmm. and you're going to have some money for me. And she says, well, how much? And he says, a lot. So no, no specific, no figure. specific number. Okay. And then he walks out mm-hmm. the next day he comes back and you know, she's scared to death. Of course. She gives him 300 thou right off the top. Yeah. Boom. He says, thanks. I'll be back for the same next week. Wow. And, uh, she, she struggles with this until she's out of money. Mm hmm. Uh, she's not telling gas pipe because, you know, she's trying to keep away from him. Okay. Okay. I get it. Well, she runs out of money. She tells the guy, look, that's it. I don't have any more money. My husband's out of money. Like, you have to stop coming in. I don't have any more money. And he says, no, 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 no. You don't understand. He says, I'm going to take everything from you. Wow. Not just the money. I'm going to take your whole life away like your husband did to my friend. Ooh. So now, Castle's really going crazy. But what's he going to do? So wait, she told him what was going on at this oh, point? Oh, yeah, my mistake. She yeah. ended up she ended up going and telling him because okay. she's at the end of her rope. She's out of money. Right, right, right. She's out of options. Like, this is all she's got left is this boutique to support her and her kids. Okay, so even though she didn't want to talk to him, eventually she had to break and let him she know what was to. going on. Okay, Yeah, and gotcha. uh, the kids are grown, but, you know, as a parent, you always want to be able to help your kids of out course. and take care of your kids. Um, So he freaks out, starts beating up the walls and everything, beats his hands bloody, nothing he can do. Mm-hmm. Government won't help at all because... Uh, the reason they wouldn't accept him ratting was because part of him ratting was ratting on all the crooked FBI agents that oh. had helped him by killing other people for him all along the way. Ooh. Yeah. Messy. Very messy. And uh, this woman leaves and uh, she goes home and she has a stroke, <gasps> uh, which led to a heart attack. <gasps> and she's there for hours before somebody discovers her. They get her to the hospital and it's a whole big thing. She ends up having another stroke. Oh, shit. And another heart attack. Yeah, the stress. I get it. So now, two strokes, two heart attacks mm. brought on from the stress. Oh, my goodness. And uh, poor Lillian Gazzo, she committed suicide by removing her own life support in the ICU. Pa- what? Yeah. What? She, uh, she couldn't take it anymore. There was, it was just, it was too much. Wait, wait, wait. She so did what? She became conscious for a bit of time, but yeah. she still needed the life support. And she decided against it. She pulled her own life support oh, and uh, yeah, she shut the machines off or whatever so they didn't hear the beeping and she died before they found her. Now, wait, wait. I, ha- I have a question here. Does that, that's, that's something to do to yourself. Yes. Are they certain that she did it or did yes, someone they're, they're come in and do it? they're absolutely certain that she did it. I'm not sure how, but they are very certain uh, that okay. she did it. Even Anthony Casso, uh, I, I've read his autobiography. Okay. And in his own words, uh, and believe me, this is not a man who would say she did it if mm-hmm. he thought anybody else did it. Okay. Uh, she killed herself. Wow. And uh, just Whoa. on a sort of an updated point, mm-hmm. um, that was 2005 where she took her life. Okay. Uh, Anthony Casso just died the end of 2020 from okay. COVID in prison. Really? Yes. Huh. 
Oh, I remember when you told me about that. Yeah. But I was, didn't know his story. Wow. Yeah. It was very shortly after I finished his book. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought it was odd because he was known by all accounts to be a super clean freak. Every every detective and FBI agent who ever questioned him in prison or uh, even the guys who busted him uh, on the lam with this woman. Yeah. Noted that he was a, a clean freak. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd walk into his cell and if you put a cup down or something he would immediately pick it up and put something under it like a coaster. Mm. Uh, he would be sweeping up behind them as they walk into his cell so that their shoes didn't leave dirt all over his floor. Wow. Um, but you know how COVID works. That has nothing to do with that. Yeah. yeah that's unfortunate. Um, he did his best and COVID got him because yeah. the conditions in prisons these days are Terrible. pretty pretty close to squalor yeah. when it comes to COVID-19. They're not doing a whole lot for these people no, at all. No, they're not. If you, I don't know if you've seen, and this is off topic, but have you seen some of the videos that some of these prisoners have let out, have released of of the conditions and, and how they have to stay in the cell with mm-hmm. someone who they know has COVID. Yep. That's terrible. It is. But because they're prisoners, nobody wants to do anything about it. Yeah. yeah. You could be in there for not paying child support mm-hmm. and end up with COVID and die because yep. they don't care about you. Nope. They're there to make money. Nope. Terrible. All right, now I'm done with my tangent. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get you off your soapbox. We all get excited about different things. <laughs> Mine is uh, injustice. Yes, yes, yes. And if you want to hear more about that, come to think of it. They got yes, all that absolutely. Check there. out Come to Think of It. We're yes. on Spotify and a bunch of other places yes. besides Screw Apple. Oh, yeah, no Apple. But um, yeah, they, <laughs> you definitely get into some of those things in there on your episodes. Um, I think you did a, a prison reform, right? We did. Um, some of the... Uh, best information I feel like we put out there was in our first episode mm-hmm. about the rights you lose after you've been convicted of a crime. Yes, 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 yes. That's that's good. You guys should definitely check it out if you're interested. Absolutely. We'll uh, we'll keep you entertained. You'll laugh at us if not with us. There's a lot of scumbaggery <laughs> over there too. There is. It's the place for you if you're scumbag. Yeah. If you're sitting there right now listening to this podcast with your girlfriend or your wife or your other girlfriend, <laughs> then you know if you're bored or if you're just barely hanging on, come on over. And here's the ratchet side. Absolutely. And uh, if, if you're only listening because Heidi's voice is so sexy on the air, <laughs> uh, she's got a couple of spots on Come to Think of It as well. And she's at the end of every episode doing our voiceover oh credits. Oh my so goodness. The come voice on comments. down. The voice comments. <laughs> <laughs> we, we get a bunch of those in our email. Yeah. So. Uh, I want to say keep them coming, but thanks, guys. You know, yeah. <laughs> Don't want to be rude to the wife. Thanks, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. <laughs> just, just one more thing before we go. In all seriousness, yes. Um, the recipients of the Visa gift cards for COVID nineteen relief. We received a lot of responses to our coffee cream and compassion donation. And it was so hard to choose. It really was. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of responses. You sure uh, did. A lot of good stories. Mm-hmm. However, we chose a family of four from Northeast Pennsylvania. We also chose a family of three in Warren County and a single father in Michigan. So thanks again, everyone who participated. Absolutely. Thanks to everybody. Uh, we're sorry we couldn't help everybody. Yeah. But... Uh, hopefully on the horizon there's there's some more help um there are of course places you can turn for help sure can um just go ahead and you know let somebody know that you need the help and go get it um keep listening and come back for the next one oh, absolutely we're considering doing another promotion sometime soon absolutely um take care of yourselves come Thanks. back 
listen to the next episode. <laughs> Thanks again, guys. Coffee Cream and Convo is hosted by Heidi Potter and Tommy Brown with music from Otis McDonald. Check us out on Instagram at Coffee Cream and Convo for more content. Coffee Cream and Convo is a Dead Savage production.